Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. What a day, what a day. We just finished like training, three, three long days of training. And welcome to uh, Wine and Wisdom, Belinda. Belinda is uh, this week our, our guest lady, so that we have something a bit like more equal. We're having now Belinda and Chris in the same team. It's, uh, it, it makes things very equal on the podcast, right? The same we, as getting cancelled. We just have to apologize that uh, Megan, uh, due, uh, due to uh, work commitments and also, you know, being a mother with two, two very young children, it, it's very difficult to do all of these things and read books and be prepared because there's an enormous amount of preparation. I mean, we spend about six People days. People think we do this for fun. I've, I've spent at least the last four minutes reading. <laughs> so we listen we we thank you very much for the time that you served with us meg we wish you all the best and um it's been fun and we will we, we never forget your your time with us all right Let's have a moment for our fallen comrade right that's a moment um <laughs> all right let's rip straight in wines first and then we can talk i'm thirsty okay let's go start okay I have a Rockford, a Rockford, a Rockford Rod and Spur Shiraz Cab from 2017 from the Barossa Valley. Yeah. Um, 67% Shiraz and 33% Cab Sav, I'm told. And as I just explained to uh, Belinda, even though it's 35 degrees up here today and a horrible day to drink red, you'll soon forego your values for not having to pay $60 in postage when you lose the bet here. So. Um, red it is today, Chriso. Well, I've got a very familiar looking bottle. It's an Apoperania Shiraz. Oh, I know that bottle. Can't do that. <laughs> Why? It's what we drank last week, you goose. No, 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 no. What we drank last week was your bottle. This is my bottle. Oh. <laughs> He's already disqualified. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm protesting. You can't have the same week. You can't have the same wine two weeks in a row. That is not. He's on his game this week. Game is on his game this week. I'm, mate, I'm sorry. I'm u- I'm using the rules to my advantage. You can't have the same wine at all, let alone two weeks in a where, row. Where was that written in the rules? Last oh, week wasn't have it a every week. Have it every week then. Last week wasn't a, a competition. Uh, how do you look at yourself in the mirror, mate? It was hard not enough. Easy, it's good looking. Oh, it's it's come looking on. easy. I don't know. I don't know. Let's 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 welcome our guest Belinda and, and see what uh, she's drinking with us this week. What are you uh, drinking? This will impress all the ladies. And knowing that it is thirty five degrees, I think I've made a wonderful choice with my Brown Brothers Moscato. <laughs> it's a little bit sweet with a little bit of fizz, just like me. Oh, gee. <laughs> used to be my wife's favourite. That. Is it? Are we now, our favorites, now our favourite's the big dog. Belinda, we we can't bring we can't bring lemonade, right? To wine and wisdom, we we need we it's it's wine. 
Oh, what a horrible start. Who's casting got, the vote? No, who's casting the vote? We got That's someone drinking. We got someone drinking Molly water and someone drinking leftovers from last week. Have a go, TL. Hopefully, Mate, this week, I want to bring in my vodka slushies next week. I've got a special Kaliski, Kaliski wine. Uh, it's a Shiraz bottle. It's a, it's a very young bottle to, from just uh, 2020. It's Barossa Valley wine. Um, I, I, I did love the bottle. It's opening now. So maybe I'm drinking it too early, but we'll see. All right. It's a Barossa Valley. You normally can't go wrong, but usually you don't go to Shiraz. the Barossa. Although with Chris's, it's probably been sitting in his car all week, so we're good. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, people, and welcome, Belinda. Let's Thank see you. whether this is for you. But you you might run out, out of the show before the show finishes, so it'd be nice knowing you. Challenge accepted. All right, let's go. All right, so what... what um, I want to bail you up first, TL. I always enjoy doing it after a recruit course. You and Chris, I am Belinda, all three of you were in the course all week. The induction training for all our new recruits and some yep. um, older recruits, Belinda. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Cam. No worries. I warned you before we started, all right? Okay. All, bets, all bets are off. <laughs> um, so, what? So, how many we have this time, TL? Uh, what is it? Uh, seven people. First one since COVID restrictions have been lifted, yes? Yeah? So yeah. we still had limitations on how many could attend. Yeah. How did you rate it? Out of out of five deep and meaningful speeches, well, how do you rate it, mate? Uh, probably a five. Give it a five. Give Ooh. yourself a wrap. I should ask Chris, how did you rate yeah, it? Yeah, I think that our, our leaders have become way, way more stringent in the in the quality of the recruits they put through. Um I think that uh, the um, the demand on the recruits, some of these recruits have been employed already. And so the decision is, is a little bit more serious when it comes to sending them to the course. But hey, listen, Belinda, who's been in real estate for how many years now? 20, but on and off. Okay. So, and, and you were in the course as a new recruit. So baby, we should ask you, what did you think of the course? I thoroughly enjoyed it. There was lots of things um, there that I need to adapt and change how I was doing things. I was more sort of winging it. So for me to have a structure, being the have a chat that I am, it'll help keep me on track and more disciplined in my deliverance. Right. I always like asking people who have one, well, it's very rare we get someone who's been in real estate 20 years before they do the course, but... Um, how, you've been working for the coastal office now for a while. So how were how, expectations versus reality? What, what did you go into it thinking? Did anyone try and scare well, I mean, like To be honest, happened? I went in there thinking that Thomas was going to drill us. <laughs> Everyone in the past has sort of been a bit nervous and a bit scared, and I was too, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I understood what he was saying. I saw my weaknesses. I know where I need to develop on my strengths even. Um, so I really enjoyed that part. And I said, um, so I'm sorry, Thomas. Day three of training. <laughs> <laughs> so who scared you? Who scared you? Name and shame because this is a problem. Half the recruits, Thomas over his time would have seen half the recruits destroyed before they even got there because of the shit that have been. No, but 
can I say what CEO of any real estate brand handpicks and trains the recruits? So that in itself is a bit overwhelming. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Can I ask you? Can I ask you? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on Chris. See, I've, I told you, mate. He's betting on the other side. She has not answered the question. He hasn't answered the question. <laughs> okay, yeah, listen, very good, very good. From what I know about you, Belinda, and our brief interactions, although they've been very cordial, you, Chris is already sitting on that fence. All right, he's already got five fence palings fairly wedged. The first few didn't. The first few didn't touch the sides, but now he's now he's found his spot. The fence is already taken. You're gonna have to have an opinion. You're gonna have to risk pissing some people off. So. No, Chris is going to move over and make room for me. I'm happy to sit there at Switzerland for a little bit. Thanks. You've met Thomas and you've already trained with Thomas and at no point has he drilled anybody. So where did the fear that he was going to give people a hard time come from? I think it's more that they are young and he's the CEO and so they're nervous. But once they've done the course, they all come out and they go, Where did your fear come from? I didn't have fear. You did. You said you went into it worried that Thomas was going to drill you. Your words, replay the video. Where did oh, that God. come from? Because you'd, you'd, a lot of the guys that go to the course have never met Thomas, seen Thomas. You've been in the training sessions for the last few months, right? Yes. Hasn't, haven't seen him drill anyone. No. So he I'll, pushes me out of my comfort zone. He knows when, um, like, how can I say, like when we're doing a role play and I am talking too much, just that look or whichever I know to stop to think, to pause, get my head around it, like, good question, and then leave. She's not going to answer the questions. question to you. No, I'm not. I'm sitting on the fence there with Chris for a little bit. All right, it's an important <laughs> message, mate, because we, we, we're sending people down. So do you think that, sending that people- came from a, an intrinsic thing? Was it self-built or did, was what Cam is getting? Was there external factors giving you that? that fear or was it something internal just because he's the CEO? Because look, Cam and I know Thomas on a different level than a lot of people. So coming from the outside in, was it something that you generated, that fear generated artificially in your head or was that ideas put in there by other people? It was more that I was watching the young recruits come in who have never had real estate training, uh, haven't worked under a CEO that was going to meet with them, train them. So I think that nervousness, they knew about role plays, getting a test at the end, knowing that if they failed, their job was in jeopardy. But so I'll just back to what Cam said to, Cam said to you, I want to know for you, forget the other guys, for you, you thought you were going to go in and get... So we know what happens, right? We know what happens. The same thing happened to me. Before the course, a bunch of people run to me and said, Mate, you're going to be in the shit, mate. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Jesus, look out for Thomas. Don't fuck it up. You're going to lose your job. That was a good one. That's a good one you want to hear before you go down for your course and your new career in real estate. Don't fuck it up, or you're going to you'll, you won't have a job. Um, now you you everything you've just said. I'm going to keep calling you out on it because everything you just said happened after you got to the course. You saw newbies at the course, but you said you were scared going down. As in. If I fail in Thomas's eyes with everything I was doing or... Uh, Welcome to my to... world, mate. This is, this is daily occurrence. <laughs> and I'm still struggling I have with... to my father about that. The <laughs> <laughs> money comes with all of that. <laughs> all right. She's not going to answer the question, but we no. all know it happens. So whoever's doing it, stop it. Now, the two guys no. that were there, so... 
When did you get? I just want to ask Belinda something else, mate. I just want to ask Belinda something else. So you've been in real estate, you said over 20 years, off and on over 20 years. Okay. If you had this training when you first started real estate, would your career have been different? Absolutely. And I actually said that this afternoon when you snuck off early to probably train for this. Um, I said to Thomas, if I'd had this training and this, you know, um, way of, you know, moving forward and doing things and being as disciplined and structured early on, like in my 20s, and I did, I looked at all the new recruits. I said, you'd be at my age, young 47 that I am, and you'd have a team. You wouldn't be door knocking. You wouldn't be prospecting like I have to. I'm still building. Although I've changed areas, but still, I'm still building. Funny, I actually know your old boss, Belinda. I tried to sell him a house last week, but we've had many, oh, we've had many a discussion about differences in the way companies run. And he, hello, Robbie, how are you, mate? But he always um, raises an eyebrow or tilts his nose a little bit when we talk about the system we run because it's old way and that's not the way you're not going to make money doing that. But um, he's a guy who's probably going to be listing and selling for the rest of his life because he won't follow the system. So, oh, um, he has a great system, I must must say. A very, well, I spoke very to him the other day, mate. He's still doing way too much work for a bloke who owns the office. But he loves it. He thrives on that, and he has a wonderful team under him. And you know what? As a director, his choice is sales. He loves sales. That's all he focuses on. He doesn't worry about the admin, property management, nothing else. Just sales. So why haven't so you had the training? Why hadn't you had the training though? Because I don't work directly with him. You work in the organisation. I never work directly though. with Rob. But you work in the organisation, yeah? I was always support back then. So no training for support. Well, like what I'm doing as well. No, we trained like twice a week. But different. He's on fire, okay? But you, you can tell who's been training and doing recruit training since 8 this morning and who's just woken up uh, to get ready for... Uh, I didn't lose them, right, Ken? No, mate. And see, this is We're my message. That's why you don't drink red. You drink Moscato. <laughs> no, the, the good the good thing that um, happened in the last three days is to see people who come in and with a lot of questions and self-doubt and all these things to them walking away knowing I can do this. I'm going to be a great success. And I think that to have that happening to them in three days that's where the magic is 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 how do you do that and give that not not just a kind of i think but as conviction now whether the conviction stays or whether it gets diluted or or be bombarded by negativity and and bad influences that's a different thing that you've got two legs you can decide to get up and join a place where it's safe right but to see that change in three days that's an amazing thing and to do it to the new recruits that are in their early 20s, to see that just in that three days is amazing. I think it's more amazing. I think it's more amazing to be able to change the mindset or get that click in someone who's been doing it for 20 years. Exactly what I was yeah, about to we, say. We, we, kids, are, kids are more pliable. Kids Flexible. have got – they're less conditioned. They've got had less bad experiences. They haven't seen the shit side of real estate. So – Yes, huge changes, and yes, the first time they've probably believed in themselves. And um, you know, from our point of view, we had a couple of guys go who have been working with us for about a month, so they've heard, they've seen, they've heard and they've seen, but still didn't fully believe. 
for them to come down and come out fully believe with the full belief is outstanding. But I think for someone like yourself, Belinda, who been there, done that, knows it all, or well, you know, that that's a bigger achievement. I feel. Mm. Yeah, agree. I feel like I understand what I need to do, but whether I and listen more. George and Rob tried that for years with me. <laughs> so we, let's have special, we have special techniques. Okay. We can make it happen in less than $500, you see. It's a very special <laughs> technique. <laughs> shout and lunch, shout and I've never, I've never seen it under 500 so. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's... All right. Okay, so what was the subject for today? Touchy-touchy. Why do one in two marriages, or almost one in two Wait, marriages, end in divorce? Yeah. Following okay. on from last week's conversation. <laughs> I didn't okay, get divorced. So yeah. let, let, let's, let's start. First of all, uh, I, I've never divorced, so I don't know. And for anyone who's starting to join us uh, on Wine and Wisdom, I just want to let you know. Wine and Wisdom is a place where we just drink a bit of wine and we wait for the wine to make us tell a few things. Some of these things are true about us and some are not. All right? The opinions that we have or the opinions that some of our people have here, it's just for fun. This is something that we do for fun, but also uh, in, in many ways you might find a gem, either for work or to... Uh, share it and maybe a point of discussion with other friends and this week on this subject here about divorcee i am not a divorcee i've never divorced chris has never divorced cam has divorced seven times <laughs> and belinda you have divorced once oh yeah so you're fine okay so <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so the good news is Belinda and I are done, and you two are in a world of shit. You got a fifty percent chance. So, um, I've had my one in two. But technically, I get out on a technicality. I didn't marry my first. The, the mother of my first child, I didn't marry. We were together for eight years. We had a kid together, but I never. Uh, I managed to dodge that bullet. So, um, um, you're not not out of the woods. They say that. It's one in two of the first marriage. The second marriage, it's even higher. And by the third, it's like a 70% chance of divorce. I can categorically state right here and right now, if this marriage doesn't make it, I'm not going again. So I'm not trying to increase my chances. Of, uh, if it, if it, the second shot doesn't work, then I'm, I'm not getting a booster. Put it that way. No booster. <laughs> Let's start on this subject. So why do you think 50% of marriages... Let's, yeah, let's, let's put that into context. One in two couples that you sit with, there's a very good chance that aren't going to stay together. Right? And, wow. uh, it's one in two. It's a stat that you throw out. It's oh, one in two marriages end in divorce. Or when, you actually, when you actually think about that, no, it's one in two, mate. It's nearly, nearly 50%. It's like 48 oh, wow. point okay. something yeah. percent. Okay. Let's have, actually have a think about that. Like when you put that in the context of people sitting in a room or whatever, you know that's 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 half the room. And there's a massive there's there's a massive there's a cost on every level. There's a massive financial cost. There's a massive um, spiritual cost. There's a massive 
mental costs. There's there's ramifications for kids. There's ramifications. Like it's yep. it's a hor- it's a horrible bloody thing. I just have to interrupt you. I've got people who are listening to our stuff and who said, yay, the way to go. What is it? Moscato has my vote, Eleni. Uh, that's it. She's going to fail. Eleni! Out. You're barred from the page. <laughs> no, no. Please, uh, if, if you are to Moscato, please do not join One in Wisdom. There well, are you're blocked. You're gone. You can have like water in wisdom, some shit like this, but no, do not come to One in Wisdom. All right? So I just want to let you know. Can we cancel that culture, that person? Can we cancel Yeah, her? can we just block? Just How put a note there, mate. We'll block them, never to appear oh. again. <laughs> All right, let, let's, let's keep on going. So let's go back. So... Why do people get divorced? I mean, you you fall in love with a person, and then you sit there and you divorce. Is that how it works? Is it after two years? Is it? I think you've got it. Yeah, I think two years is lost, and then afterwards it's like there's nothing left. And you, if you can't have friendship replacing lust, then it's go it goes to the drain. It goes down the drain. Is it? Is that how it works? I don't. You, you almost got to break it into time frames and segments because I, I know people who've been married fifty years who then decide to get divorced, and there's people who've been married five minutes who decide to get divorced, and you can throw a massive assumption out there and say the people who've been married five minutes who who get divorced probably should never have been married, All right? And you can look into the reasons of that, but then what? You spend half a century with somebody and then decide. They're not the one for you? Wow. Well, it, majority of marriages, I was looking at the stats, majority of marriages that get divorced are between, they're saying between seven to 10 years. That's where the majority of uh, divorces At the time happen. they're moving, is that why the houses move at the same time? <laughs> it may be. The sales, cycle. When it comes to 50-year marriages, Cam, I've, I've heard a couple of examples of this. It's not 50 years. It's not quite that long, but... Um, a lot of those are they're waiting for the kids to finish school or um, move on, and then you know they've they've realised they've they've gone their separate ways and they move on. But I think for me, uh, and I was thinking about this all week, and, and I've never been obviously we said before I've never been divorced, but for me, uh, marriage is a marriage is work. It's it's not something you just do when it happens. You have to work at a good marriage. It's like you have a second job. Yeah, it's like you have a second job. It's like a good partnership within business. It's like a good uh, a, a good recipe. There's there's ingredients that go into a good marriage: um, communication, honesty, openness, um, compromise. Uh, you know, give and take, all, all this sort of thing. But I think a lot of people, the biggest mistake that I found is a lot of women, a lot of men, don't marry their friend someone they truly connect with, they marry a reflection of their parent. Someone that can protect them, someone that can, uh, you know, cater to their whims, cook, clean, wash, iron, all that sort of stuff. I think a lot of people forget you need to marry a partner, not a supervisor or a supplier. It's a, it's a partnership. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. No, I think it's less deep than that. I think overall, as human beings, we don't like being alone. I'm careful, careful. I'm starting to see that we're actually getting making sense and we're going very deep. So I just want to take a disclaimer: if you're listening to Wine and Wisdom, 
and decide to get a divorce after this. It's not up. I just want to let you know we were joking. We were joking and we were only sharing maybe ideas and opinions. Okay. So if you're thinking of getting divorced and you're thinking of using one and wisdom uh, in court uh, to, <laughs> to make, to get more money out of the deal, it's not the case. All right. It's just a joke. Whatever we no. say. Sure. Listen, you chose the topic. Stop trying to run from it. All right. Now, one of your topic. One of your favorite lines when we're doing our training and our leadership is when we're talking about the six life needs of love and connection. Is most people settle for connection because they can't find love. Right. And that goes back to what I was saying before. I was rudely cut off with disclaimers. Um, <laughs> that most people just don't like being alone, so they find someone they can put up with for long enough. And depending on what they seek in life and constant companionship, they tie it up in this world word we have called marriage, which is supposed to mean so much and at the end of the day means so little because it is such a fickle beast. You, you said before, TL, it's almost a second job. Therein lies part of the problem. We probably look at it as second to what we actually do with our everyday. We look at it as a second job rather than the main job or, or how many people choose their career over their relationship or how many yeah. careers kill relationships. So. Even in the words we're speaking now, when we're trying to have a bit of a laugh and not talk too much sense, is all the problems. Like marriage is almost like a second job, or probably shouldn't be the second job, should it? Yours, with all the companies you have, is your fifth or your sixth job, I think. Yeah, I oh, mate, I give it a, I give it twenty minutes a day and and two and a half minutes at night if I'm lucky, or if she is, and uh, <laughs> that's two minutes. The marriage is strong, but I mean, but you see COVID, right? So lockdown, I've never been out to any more listing appointments ever than for people separating or getting divorces than I have in the last 18 months. And the only thought I can put to it is when we do marry people, we don't expect to have to spend 24 hours of every single day with them, do we? No. In a lot of cases, we're not, we, we know that, I can put up with this person probably for, I love this person for 80 hours a day, but to, to have that for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a lot of people aren't ready for it. And I've, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that I've been out to more divorce appointments than ever, ever before, because people have been forced to spend so much time in the same room as each other. And that's where the real problems, yeah, anything you've been band-aided over, anything you've been bandaging over, anything that you're, you don't think it's a real issue suddenly gets magnified tenfold and all of a sudden everyone's running for the hills. It's, it's a yeah, crazy can thing. You, can I ask you this, mate, though? On the flip side of that, do you think some marriages have been strengthened by spending a bit more time together? Yeah, Because I know we had, we had dinner recently with good friends and they were saying, look, that, that you know, now it's opened up, the husband has to go to work, back to work. The wife was going, don't go, I want you to stay home. I mean, they... they, they Automatically, that, that marriage had been strengthened by that, the, that time together. The stat's 50%, mate, which means for every yeah, argument, go. the counter-argument is exactly the same. For every yeah, for every marriage that's in trouble because they've spent 24 hours together, there's a marriage that's even better because they've spent 24 hours together. Yeah. I, I had my first child when I was 25, right? And and my ex and I had been together for eight years. We were too young for any of that stuff. We weren't. I'm still immature. So imagine me... 18, 19, 20 years of age, we knew we were on the rocks well before she got pregnant and, and we made a decision 
even at that age that we wouldn't follow in my parents' footsteps and stay together just for the kid. We were like, right, this is what we're going to do. But if it isn't working, we've got to go our own separate ways because I didn't want my boy growing up in the same sort of um, toxic environment from that level. So here's one, one of the topics you just opened. So who who is right? The, 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 the parents, your parents who stuck with each other to each you know and decided hey let's put the family and the kids first so that you know that we we give them some sense of stability or the people who say Do you know no if, if we don't love each other we're staying together we're actually going to teach the kids do not have love in a couple and and, and we're teaching them the wrong thing so what what is right well from my experience i knew as much as parents stayed together for the kids, we knew what was going on the whole time. We saw the fights. We saw all the shit going on. And then as I've gotten older, my mum was, my mum's been miserable for the majority of her life because she stayed in a relationship that she shouldn't have been in for us. So, um, and now at 65 years of age, she's finally, you know, she broke free a couple of years ago. Um, and she's finally got some semblance of, her own life or, or trying to. So, and I'm, and I'm still carrying the bird, carrying the scars of them staying together in, in a lot of ways because of the shit I've seen and the shit we went through. So I don't, but then I look in my situation where we decided not to stay together because we didn't want to do that to our son. And that's created a whole world of other issues. So I don't, again, I don't know if there is a, a right answer. Now I've got a 14 year old son. I don't have a very good relationship with, and um, I don't get to see as often as I'd like. Um, and, and there's so fuck you don't know. You don't know. Do you? I think there's no right way. You have to do what's right for you and try and always take that high road. I married my high school sweetheart. We were best friends. The day we got married, we stood there laughing like, oh, my gosh, we're doing this. We were so happy. And we had three beautiful boys. Um, and I love that chapter of my life. And we just grew apart because we were young. We were from high school. We had different goals, different ambitions, different thoughts. And when I say I started real estate 20 years ago, I then supported him. I supported the kids. I, I followed his dreams, his goals. And now I got my chance to follow mine. And I wanted my boys to understand love and to not see mum and dad just being together for them. And again, it's sad because my boys don't really get to see their dad. And that's not what I ultimately wanted, but that's what's ended up. But my boys see me happy again now, and we've now got seven altogether. So we've got two 10-year-olds, two 12-year-olds, a 17 and two 19-year-olds, and they're all best buddies. They all love the same thing. So we're creating this whole different beautiful life for them and building great memories. Belinda, can I ask you, look, and, I, and I, I'm asking you because I don't know, right? I, and I don't know. My... My wife and I, we got married and our, our career paths have changed dramatically from when we first met, where my wife was working in accounts in some backward company to being, you know, head of a HR department nationally and so forth. So her career's taken off, my career's taken off. So we've, in our careers, taken off, but our families always stayed together. So I, I, I want to know, what what grew apart? Was it, was it the can... passion? Was it the communication? 
you know, what do you think went was different? It's a common theme of this podcast, Chris not knowing, by the way, just so you, you know, this is. I think you must have supported your wife and allowed her to follow her dreams. No, 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 no. Hang on. This is this is the problem with I think most marriages is I didn't allow. Which one's in trouble? Oi, oi, oi! I didn't allow. I didn't allow her to do anything. Right. This was this was a this is my job to support my wife. See, that's it, beautiful. You know, I didn't have that, and I felt guilty doing anything for myself. I loved real estate. I always wanted to do real estate but I would support him in his businesses, his role, because he okay. needed that extra support. Even though he tra- he changed his career path, I think, five or six times, I yeah, still well. gave him 100% in that. See, but then that's also a weakness, and maybe I should have stood up, and maybe we still would have been on the same page going together, but in the end I got frustrated. And I was so like, was it, let's what, doing this. It? What's going on? Yeah, so, so do you think it was, was communication? Was it more, you should have been a bit more forthright. You should have been more uh, um, explaining what you wanted from him within that relationship earlier. I think earlier I did do that, but then, like, I'm always happy. Anyone who's known me even 20, 25 years ago, I'm happy. Put me in any situation, I will make the best of it. And yeah. uh, I had to keep you know, helping him, propping him up in anything he did. And I think it took its toll on me and him yeah. eventually. Fair enough. Fair enough. But did he, yeah, and we just grew apart. But, but that's not his fault. You decided. No. Yeah, that's so, his fault. so why would you not change? But this is a problem with, by the way, this is a problem with a lot of uh, uh, marriages. Men marries a woman and hope that she'll never change. And of course she does, right? Yeah. Women marry men and hope that uh, and, and hope that she will be able to change him. And of course she can't change him. And so th- this is the problem already when we start. But in your case, you're giving him support willingly. Is it willingly or not? I, I just want to ask. When I want it, yeah, 100%. Okay. I gave it everything. Is it out of love or is it, uh, well, you know, if he's going to make more money, then I don't have to work. I mean, I'm just no. going to ask you a question. Okay, all right. No. So, so. You know what? I always had happiness in my core and I felt like he didn't and I wanted to get him to that place. The only person that can get him to that place is himself. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with you not chasing your dreams or following your dreams, which was the reason you gave for the marriage breaking down. So that's because I was going to ask exactly the same question as Thomas. I was going to be a bit more blunt. I was going to say, did he ever tell you? you can't, I was Well, I was just going to say, did he ever tell you you couldn't follow your dreams? No, but it was more time consuming doing his stuff and the kids and the house. I had sort he of three roles. But no, I'm I that understand. person. If it bothers you, do it and it's done. Rather than get upset about it, just do it, get it done. That's women again. That's women again, is it? They, 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 women can take on like one, 10, 15, 20 chores and they'll go until they're exhausted, right? That, that's the problem. So is that, is that then, then it's the woman's problem. So is it possible that the woman is then the cause of most divorces? 
Well, I think that's why men are actually shocked when the woman goes. The woman's had all this build-up for a long time. I've supported you. I've done this. I've done that. I've tried to tell you in different ways. And the men don't see it. They're just here. Whereas we're here, kids, work, the house, everything. And then all of a sudden the man goes, what just happened? And for five or six years I've told you I'm burning out. I'm burning out. Oh, I need help. I'm special too. Too late. Once a woman's decided... Honestly, it's game over. You can ask any counsellor when they walk in, they can tell the woman is done. She's there as a last resort, whereas the men still going, what What just happened? Where did she go? <laughs> now, Belinda, I ask you this. I mean, and, and please don't take this the wrong way. You've got more experience in this than us three put together, right? Um, Cam had a, an eight-year relationship. It wasn't actually marriage and so, married. How long were you in your marriage for? Uh, we were married. I got married. I was almost 23 and divorced 16 years later. Okay, so this, this you've got a new partner, obviously, because it's, a, it's yep. a, combined, a combined family now. What are you gonna do differently? We do heaps different and we do support each other. And we say, so what do you want? What do you want to, where do you see yourself in a few months time, years time, whichever. And we've made lots of changes together. So when you've got a partner on that same page, you achieve a lot. In the four years that we've been together, we've flipped a house, we've moved to the coast, we've bought wow. acreage, we're building a shed, um, we've got an investment property. Like, we've achieved a lot. We are on that same page. And we do speak often. And he'll say, come on, all we've done for the last, you know, month is just the kids. Let's go. He's an awesome cook. I am so blessed. I could do wine and wisdom every night, hop off to a gourmet meal. <laughs> um, and he'll organise a platter and we'll just pop down to the beach because it's 15 minutes from here, living the dream. Anyone wants to come to the coast, call me now. Uh, and it's a great lifestyle. So, and yeah, that's what think, we wanted. But what happens when, like 16 years, a long time married, you this time it's full. And we were so. together many years before that and lived yeah. together a very Same long time. Same with mine. I, I knew my ex since we were 10 years old. But yeah. What happens when things aren't start to go not even wrong? What happens when you're not happy? Are you going to speak up this time or are you going to? We speak up the moment it happens. You can ask him. And honestly, we have way more outside pressure than we've like ever had when it was my first husband, my husband and just our kids. We've got all different kids, different personalities. He's got exes. And I tell you, there's a lot of pressure from those. So what's so, this? How do you speak up? We talk. I can talk to him about everything and anything. So when you have a problem, do you say to him, listen, sit down, there's something I want to talk to you, and then he sits down? Is that how it works? Yeah. I go, oi, what just happened then? You know, and I'll pull him aside, even when we've got all the kids here, and I'll say, what's going on there? Why are you frustrated? What, what are you upset about? Because we have to, uh, you know, we made a pact. They're not your kids, not my kids. They're our kids. We parent them the same. But what and about we... when you're upset? You're... I'm upset more than him. He's good. Yes. So now answer the question. Yes, Cameron. Yes, right. You had a relationship that didn't work because you felt like you weren't chasing your dreams and it was all about him. And now you're saying that when you guys have issues, it's always him that's frustrated and he tells you, oh, you ask him. So I'm frustrated, frustrated or you're having an issue or life isn't going where you want it to go. Thomas is asking how you, not him, how you have that conversation. We communicate very, very well. 
How do you do. communicate it? I just pull him aside and say, hey, you know, when that happened, I felt like this. How did you feel? Why did you react that way? You know, let's do that better next time because the kids heard you say that and they were upset or, you know, we address it immediately. And he supports my career 100%. 100%. He's even said to me, Let's you want your own office, I'll support you. I've never had that before. Never had that before. That's let's good. talk about, so let's talk about, let's try and bring a bit of lightness to the room. Let's try and take preventative measures, all right? Let me ask this to the guys who haven't been divorced before. How long did you know your wife before you married her, Chris? 18 months. Oh, so you're going to, it's going to be 50%. How long did you know Veronique before you married her, Thomas? Um, 10 years. Right. So my first marriage that Chris said wasn't real, mate, it's marriage when you look at the child support payments, let me tell you. (laughs) We've known each other since we were 10 years old. So by the time we split, that was 16 years. And my current wife, we'd known each other for two. And it's going along swimmingly, isn't it, darling? Is she watching? I don't know if she's watching this week. She hasn't recovered from last week. So there you go. There's 50 because I was going to say, we all see people who get engaged after six months, right, or, or four weeks or meet on a reality TV show and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So is there a formula? TL, I'm looking for something from you, mate, because you've ta- you've you've given courses on or, or training sessions on relationship, right? So, what's the magic formula? No, I listen. I'm inspired listening to you guys. That's why I, I'm I'm learning so that I can avoid the pitfalls. I think <laughs> <laughs> starts with getting married, and then what you got? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm inspired. Maybe it's a wrong word to use, which is I'm inspired, but I, I, I'm thinking, oh, man, you better write it down and, and, and listen. I think that the, the first thing is to always make your partner number one, even above your children. Um, and, and I think that as long as you do that, then it'll be fine. Uh, Chris said it at the beginning, Belinda's got that tree, and I always remember this line where, you know, marriage is it, it is something you need to water. It's like a tree. It the watering needs to happen every single day, and the day that you stop, that's the problem. That 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 could be the start of things because, you know, the Bolton uh, spoke about this. He's a philosopher, an English uh, philosopher, that you he said in an article, and you you can find it on YouTube that most probably you will be marrying the wrong person. That's mainly because as a human being, as we grow, there are things about us that is no longer perfect because we've had a father who's been too strict, who who told you the value of you're you're not good enough to have my love. Or you had a mother who who has to look after a child that was weaker. Therefore, you feel like you've been uh, pushed away because... As a child, it's a very simple thing. If you don't see mom spending the same five minutes on you as she's spending on the other child, then it means you're not as loved as the other child. And so then, then you always ask yourself as a child, the, the question is, what is it that I've done? Why is it my fault? So 
as a human being, you grow by hiding all of these programs, but those programs have been there. Then you marry the person. And, and, and I don't know, and I'm not a psychologist, nor a psychiatrist, are you marrying an image of your dad? Are you marrying an image of your mom? I'm, I'm not so sure. But you're a broken thing getting into a marriage with maybe another broken thing. And here are now two broken things that need to mend each other and, and, and grow together. Or actually, one does not want to mend. The other one is trying to mend the one that uh, she loves. And it doesn't work. And, and suddenly we have something that, that is breaking up. But if you put your partner as always number one, then you have to work at mending. If she's number one or if he's number one, then you have to sit down and find out when things are not going right. And, and, and I think that if you have that rule, probably a lot of things can be avoided. Yeah, you should always make the time. Make the time to talk, to be together. It doesn't matter how busy work is with the kids, life gets in the way. But just come back and it doesn't have to be an expensive dinner date. It can be a, a picnic at the local beach, the park. It's just about time. And, 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 men, and men don't even take the time to really think about certain things. You know, like if only men understood that women love surprises, then they will do so, so much better because it's not about to a man, to a man, going to a restaurant is like this. All right, I've booked a restaurant for next week. All right, seven o'clock, be ready. To a woman, it's it's the Cinderella thing, you know, when she's busy working and 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 cleaning the toilet where you've used and you've never cleaned, and you come in and you say, Hey, listen, darling, just get dressed tonight. I've booked a place. That is worth probably more than two or three dinners, maybe even more. But it's that element of surprise, or one day coming home with that bunch of flour, or or, or saying some something unexpected. And and there's so many little techniques. I'm, I, I, I shouldn't say techniques because my wife's probably listening. <laughs> there's so many little tips that you can actually learn from your your own parents and and the people who've done well. That you know, women love surprise. Men are more organized. Women are using words such as "I've had enough," and that doesn't mean it's had enough. Like a woman would say to her men, "I've had enough. That's it." A man goes, what you, are what you talking about? That, I've had enough, that's it. That, his world starting to break down. But for the woman, she's actually sending a message that, hey, listen, um, I, I need some support here now, which is what you said, Belinda, is that you have told your husband so many times. He did not hear. And after a little while, well, you know, it's broken. Yeah. I think that this, this is where... The, the, the kids and what we trying to do in our podcast talking about relationship is so so important now is that the, the our kids do not have that same sense of relationship the way we have they probably break up and they probably will divorce via sms and docusign right? <laughs> they, 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 they probably will dump each other via via instagram they they probably like will will sue each other for half of the uh, uh, of the thing by collecting photos on Instagram that are really damaging damaging to each other. We I don't think we understand what they're gonna go in. We we only understanding what what we've gone through, which is well we're not happy. We we talk about it. We do something, and 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 for our children to really understand 
the value of communication, of talking to each other whenever there's an issue. Well, isn't it the same thing we do at work? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to ask you guys this, and, and I was thinking about, again, I was thinking about this. Do you think that people, look, I've been very blessed in life. My parents have been, were, were together. Sorry, they both passed away now. But we were, were together for a very, very long time. Only one marriage. Uh, we had a, I had a very good upbringing. My parents fought. There's no question about that. Um, but at the end of the day, I wanted to ask, do you think that a lot of people learn the way they deal with their partner from their parents um, and that that lack of communication? I mean, you said, Cam, you guys knew that your mum and dad were in, were in a, a, a difficult situation. You felt that. You knew that. And you didn't want that. Do you think a lot of people have that that go into divorce or it doesn't have anything to do with that sort of ratios? Oh, I think that you asked two questions there. I think the first bit is, yes, a lot of people take on what they've seen growing up and that's the same as anything. We know that our kids will emulate our actions and um, you know, monkey see, monkey do and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, how much that plays a role in the divorce rate, I don't know. A lot of people I know won't get married because of the shit they've seen when they were a kid that their parents go yeah, through. Yeah, fair enough. Um, um, you know, the worst thing, I think the worst thing that can happen ever is that you emulate something that you didn't like growing up, so it's always a fear I've got, but then I catch myself all the fucking time doing some of the same stuff my old man did or and not not to the levels that he did, but you sit there and go, it was a really shut up, idiot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but when you catch yourself doing that, mate, when you and I know you're a smart guy, you change quite quickly. From you uh, I mean you can go from left to right quite quickly, and you understand how to adjust things. When you catch yourself doing that, do you then do it less next time, or do you stop that? Mate, sometimes no, and part of it makes me wonder, like, how much of it's inherit whether there's a gene for you or, yeah, yeah. or part of your dna because you don't nah. even nah. you don't even enjoy it's a learned behavior it's a learned behavior oh yeah but as I, i've changed I've, I've changed a lot of learned behaviors but i haven't been able to change yelling at the kids you know like I've, I've changed a lot of things i've given up lots of stuff I've, I've completely changed the human being i am over time and then you just do stuff where you go for fuck's sake like of all the things you don't want to do in the world, you do that one thing and you'd repeat it and you repeat it and you just go, where the... And I, it was actually it's a question I was going to ask Thomas after he finished talking. He, he's, You've obviously done a lot of research and study into it. And for me, apart from reading Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, that's as far as most blokes get. So what drove you to delve so deeply into relationship like what i know it starts off as a sales technique or whatever but you've you've taken it to a level where you you it started as a sales technique that i learned from men from mars and then women from venus when he taught the value of when a woman complain and you're in a relationship don't oh. back don't give her the answer right which is what i did with veronique early in the days whenever she'd come home from a law firm in the city She'd always say things like, and they did this, and I can't believe they did that, and, and, I, and I cannot believe that, you know, I'm being used like this. And I'm thinking like uh, as if I was a savior, 
by giving an answer. And right at the end of every single night, the cannon would turn against me. I'm always the villain. It's always, I didn't want an answer from you. I was just wanting to share with you. <laughs> and so I think that Dr. John Gray really gave me the first number one technique that I've used in for a long time. But then you've gone into a lot of extra effort, right? You're doing the extras. Oh, you've studied he, the shit. What he suggested is you need, when, when your wife starts to complain, make sure you get those earplugs. <laughs> put on those earplugs. You don't have to listen to her. Just pretend and keep on doing what you're doing. Every now and then look at her and say this. Yes, dear, you're right. <laughs> and that's all I did. And I tried because whenever I read something, I always try and try it straight away. I just want to see when it's right. And wait, that night she came home and complained and I did exactly that. Man, that was the best sex I had in a long, long time then. Because it's because at the end, she would say to me, thank you so much for listening. And I'm thinking, not ask me any question. Because if you ask me a question, I won't be able to answer. Do you understand that? I don't even know what we were talking about. And so, but from then, I understood that, hold on, there's so, so much more about relationship. All of us get married. Yeah, we see the priest or we see whoever. And, but we never get given the book that says, this is how you use this relationship. And so you have to go out there and research. You have to look at things. You, you know, you have to study people. One of the things I want to ask you, because the two of you seem to have a very similar experience. The two of you have gone out with your school sweet, sweetheart, high school sweetheart, or even primary school sweetheart. So is it possible that you were marrying, when you got married, you were marrying uh, the, the ideal image of the person you had, and also, is it because out of ego that you're thinking, oh, we can make this work, and I'm not going to let this my best friend down by not doing it. Therefore, you're marrying the person for the wrong reasons. I think when I got married, I was married for all the right reasons. We just didn't know how to communicate well. We didn't understand each other. Right. Uh, and I think, like, moving forward if you understand your partner's love language, because that's different for everybody. If you came in and surprised me whilst I was cleaning a toilet and said, quick, we're going out for dinner, I'd be devastated. My hair, oh, oh, the kids, oh, I haven't cooked for them. I'd rather have that planned, it was coming, and I'd rather, instead of flowers or chocolates or Moscato, surprisingly, a coffee when I came in. That's my thing, my coffee, I relax. Steve does that for me. I walk in and there's always a coffee ready. That speaks volumes to me that says i love you in a hundred different ways yeah but he knows you love coffee so, and you've learned that over the last three days but it's simple i appreciate that i'm not high maintenance although i'm an influencer <laughs> it's simple for me and i never got that off my previous partner I didn't even have to ask Steve. I understand that you love your previous partner, but did you marry the image that you had of him when you were younger and when you were like really best made in thinking, I'm not going to destroy the friendship we have and whatever we've built, and I'm going to take a chance on that. I didn't feel like I was taking a chance. In all honesty, I felt like um, we knew each other. Asking. Right? Okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, mine was completely out of convenience, which I told her. No, I, I told her one day that didn't go down 
very, very well at all. But um, <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we were friends all through school. We didn't see each other for a couple of years through life went different ways. And, and she rocked up on the doorstep one day after a game of footy. And I thought, no, let's go. And then it took, after a couple of years, it did sort of turn into love. And then it was, but made, the whole thing was probably doomed from the start a lot of drugs a lot of alcohol a lot of different things going on during those years and um but it, honestly from the start it was convenience it was when i mentioned like yeah it was yeah there's probably no other way of putting it there was someone you knew didn't have to worry too much didn't have to try too hard because you'd known each other for at that stage when we we first got together together we we'd known each other for eight years already so um it, it, that newfangled, because uh, I'm, I'm on the cusp, right? I'm 39, so I'm definitely not of a Tinder age where now you just flick left or right, depending on who you want. <laughs> but I'm also, also was... Tinder age. Hey? What is Tinder age? Oh, I think I'm just below me. I think once you're sort of 35 and under, you're, you're pretty much, um, it's a lot less, there's a lot less, uh, you guys, especially the old, oldest to Belinda I won't throw us in there but um you know courtship and asking parents permission and going on multiple dates before you could do any of that sort of stuff like that was start definitely wasn't a factor when we were doing what we were doing but there's even more of less of a factor now and you could you could just hook up and um and it was easy so we did and then we kept hooking up for eight years and um a child became of it, I think. Part so let's, few. let's go back to the, the question. We, we now have uh, people not putting each other number one. I think we had communication. We had, um, what is it, uh, uh, not having the same goals. What, what, what's another reason you think that people are getting divorced? Well, the convenience wears off. The convenience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The okay. The convenience wears off. You're like, I needed this at the time. I really needed someone. I was, I was lonely. I was this. I was that. I didn't think I'd ever find anybody. Um, here's a here's a question I want to ask too, because most of our kids now are they stay home, okay, and they stay home for a long time. So what what's going to happen because they haven't lived together. They, they, when they have a boyfriend and girlfriend, they spend half of the week at my place. They eat my food. Uh, they drink my wine. And if every now and then I just have a thank you, it's good. And then they spend half of the week on the other side of the family where they're drinking their wine. They eat their food. Sometimes they're scared of having a shower at their place. So they come home and freaking use 20 minutes of my hot water. So I, 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 just, I just love it. I, I just wonder when these kids are growing up like this and they haven't had their own space and they haven't moved in together and have their own space. And some of these kids, they moved in together, but they can't afford it. So do you know what they do? They have someone to live with them for who for $140 a week will get bored and these things. And these guys are not even married. I mean, is that a problem? It's going to be the lockdown effect. As soon as it, that, even to the point where they've got a roommate. I've been there too. Like the roommate's still the icebreaker. As long as there's a parent around or someone else around, there's an icebreaker. Once you're in the same house together, all everything changes. 
I defy anyone to tell me it doesn't, and then you find out where things are really at. I'm not understanding what you're saying. Well, can you just say it in English? As long as they're coming to your house and eating your food and drinking your wine and have you to talk to when they don't feel like talking to the other person, or they can go to another house and do the same thing for the other half of the week, and then because they're not sure of that, they take a roommate with them when they eventually do move in together because there's another icebreaker. As soon as they're not the relationship hasn't been tested and you still don't know what the other person's 100% like because you haven't lived with them inside the same four walls for any period of time without someone there to, to cause a distraction. And I think that, again, you guys, I mean, back, I'm making lots of, lots of assumptions, but I'm not 70 years old, so I don't know. But back in the day, you didn't live with people before you married them, did you? No, so but then I didn't. I didn't. But then you your generation are the type of your your generation of the people who stay married for fifty years. So maybe there's something to that. Whereas my generation, all the rage was as soon as you could get out of home, fucking get out of home and get a house. And if you could do it with a girlfriend, even better. And you're playing happy families at 18, 19, 20 years of age, and then. A lot of the time you end up actually playing happy families because that sort of that amount of time alone together, you're going to get up to no good. So, so, so you say, you saying that because they haven't lived together, it's a recipe for success. Is that what you're saying, Cam? No, I'm, I'm, I was, I was saying it was a recipe for disaster. And then I realized that the older, you know, your generation, that they'd never lived together. So I actually don't know. 50-50, brother. It keeps coming back to one in two. So what, what, what's happening to what, what do you think, Melinda? I can see what Cameron's saying there. They haven't had the responsibility. They flip to your house, to the partner's parents' house. Yeah, they don't have the financial stress. No bills, no rent, no stress, no whatsoever. Not, no responsibility. You don't even have to mow the lawn. And when they don't like each other, they can go... And when they yeah, don't like each other, they can go back to their own beds for the night and everything's cool in the morning. What are you saying? Are you saying that when they have to then live together and see the real picture, now maybe things can change? And, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm saying, saying there's a 50% chance it won't work out. I'm, yeah, if they don't communicate, if they don't... Yeah, brother, yes, I'm not, but it is. It's one in two. On the I would lean towards it doesn't work out because young couples who actually have a another border because you know they're either helping someone or or, or it's or a little bit of that money is going to go towards paying the electricity. What do you reckon, Chris? Chris, listen, mate, listen. If you've got if you're a newly married couple or looking at getting married, living together, and you got someone living with you, seriously, mate. Five months, six months, any longer. Get out. As long Leave as them alone. As long as there's more people, you haven't had to sit down and have a conversation about who does which, who does what, right? Everything's happy families until you've got to work out who picks up the dirty underwear off the bathroom floor. The, the problem At the is moment, this, a lot of people have their parents still doing that for them. You're right, mate. The problem is this. When you've got a newly married couple or a new couple that have, have got a third housemate, like the sort of third person in a you know does this doesn't work when these guys this is a long-term commitment that person's not going to be there forever they need to learn how to work together and that's got to learn they've got to learn that early 
Because what's the use of learning that seven years, what, at seven to 10 years down the track? Learn it now. You guys Learn obviously did now. that. You guys obviously did that with a lot of success, right? You didn't live together first, or maybe you did. I'm not 100% sure, but. You did. You did. Right, but. We did. Chris, so you didn't, but you also. It, to be able to walk to the kitchen fully naked to just get a glass of water. How good is it? I mean, how good is that? How good is it? How good is it? And my kids still hate it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but so now you couple the fact that you couple it with the new age we're in, and and fair to say we're in the age of entitlement, right? So, which obviously wasn't so much of a factor for you guys when you were coming up, but now – so the minute the minute they're left alone and they're in their own house and they go, oh shit, we're only in this together. Who who does stick it out for any length of time? Because it has to be fixed right now. It has to be good right now, while we're out. That's how we do everything nowadays, right? If we don't like something, I mean, we suffered through that frigging book for however many weeks, even though we didn't <laughs> like it. But couple the fact that haven't lived together and we're in the age of entitlement where we expect instant gratification, or we're out. Our marriage is actually getting shorter and shorter. The divorce rates are the same, but are they? Is are we done as soon as someone farts at the wrong time? You know. But funnily enough, mate, I did the stats uh, from two, uh, 1993 to 2019, and actually the the longevity of a marriage actually went up uh, from then to then. So I think because of the fact they were living together, and then when they finally get married, that actually went up a little bit. But I'll take you back, and I can only speak from personal preference, uh, experience, sorry, that when, when I married my beautiful wife, I had something, and I still suffer from it, domestic blindness. I, I, I don't know if clothes need hanging. I don't see dirty dishes in the sink. I don't see a dirty floor, but I can see a list. If you tell me what the hell needs to be done, I can, I can cross off a freaking to-do list. We learned very quickly that you want me to do something? Put it on a list. And my wife learned very quickly, because it's not your way, doesn't mean it's the wrong way. That's I remember an argument we had was, she goes, you hung the clothes out wrong. I was like, what? Wrong? Are they dry? Yeah. How's it wrong? They're dry. Oh, well, you got to hang them like this, you got to hang them like that. It saves on ironing and blah, blah, blah. So listen, it's dry. My, my job's done, right? So there was learning curves on both sides. And we had those early sort of, I don't know, uh, teething teething issues when we first got married because we didn't live together. We, we come from both Italian families. She lived at home. I lived at home. We got married. We moved into our home only after that time. And, and, and we had a, a hell of a time working out how to live each, with each other. But you know what? I believe that made our marriage so much stronger for it. You're both on the same page and you work together. How often is that going to happen now? So you didn't experience living together before? No, not at all. Not at all. So so your advice advice is to the kids of today, just live like leeches on your parents. (laughs) Save as much as you can so that the day that you get married, you can buy the biggest house. It's more more my experience. Experience would be uh, you have to work together to make it work. This is not a him or her scenario. It's a partnership, guys. Whether it's in a church or a celebrant in a park, whatever it is, it is a partnership. And But you don't have to do that, mate, because you can just jump on Tinder and swipe left. That's the thing. 
<laughs> no, but that's that's the thing that's gonna that if it's not already happening, like Thomas talked about people breaking up over text message. Because it's a job and because you have to work at it and people don't even like working at their jobs now. So how are they going to work at a marriage and potentially, oh, shit, am I going to have to put up with this for 50 years? No, thanks. So it's it's all, yeah, I don't, don't know. Yeah, I understand, mate, I understand. And we're becoming in a throwaway society, right? Yeah, so are we throwing away partners at the same rate? That's what I'm saying. Are we When the you know, people eventually move out of their parents home are they going to hate each other after two days and go right oh i'm out i'm done you know again my experience mate i had relationships before i met my wife and there was i was not a good guy before i met my wife i met my wife and i knew she was the one mate and it's funny enough you might say yeah she's the one of love at first sight it wasn't love at first sight but i knew she was the one and and i I saw how my parents treated each other she was in a long-term uh, family that would never separated, so man, it was it was gonna work, and it's not been I, easy. I, I, I love, I love how I love how Chris always used the podcast as a, a kind of a reiteration of his love for Rita. She doesn't listen, man. She doesn't listen to the podcast. I mean, I'd get I'd get a bit more if she did, I reckon. But <laughs> I love that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the the podcast is about two things. We need to be controversial. We, we need to raise things for people to say, oh, shit, what is it? So I, I, I'm going to do I'm going to do something like just for the sake of raising some controversy. Do you think that parents who divorce really end up fucking their kids? It depends on the relationship and if it was toxic, how they handled it, things like that. Because yes, you could. shouldn't you work things out no matter what? If you made the, if you took the responsibility of having children, the minute you took the responsibility, should the, should you or should you not assume that responsibility no matter what, like a stoic? I think oh, you what can you mean, stay, stay married. But happiness is key. Stay married. Do whatever it takes to rekindle that relationship every single day so that it comes back to that level of that first day no there's my answer i'm, I'm sorry i'm with cam on this that, that um a kids if there's kids in the marriage and depending on the marriage if it's a violent marriage or the, you know it's not teaching the kids the wrong way it's it's not the right thing to stay in that marriage no no no. but we're not talking about the violent marriage what, what, what about a non-violent marriage if it's a loveless marriage, if it's a loveless marriage, it's not the right thing, mate. It's just, our responsibilities, you know. We just yeah. didn't like each other, Tommy. We just didn't like each other, mate. And you can't stay there. You just can't. Yeah. We just fucking didn't like each other. You know what? And, and it's we, we still pretend to like each other for the kids' sake, but we still don't like each other. Like there's just no Let's go, let's go back, let's go back, let's go back to this. Let's go back to this. I, I'm only asking questions, all right? No, my answer, Jen. No, you're wrong. So you, you love the person. You love the person so much that you've decided um, if, if anything happens in the future, I could actually be giving you half of my income until the kid is 80, right? So you marry that person so much, you marry the person. And I was it- thinking with the little head, not the big head, mate. That's all that happened there. Uh, <laughs> All right. So do you then sit down and say, hold on, 
I, 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 I made this decision. Nobody forced me into making this decision, right? So should you really sit down and do this work? Should the government, should the government charge people who are getting divorced a much bigger premium? Like such as you want a divorce, the state will take back 25% of your belonging. I mean, should Mate, it? it wouldn't matter if, if, if the Catholic church, which can scare anybody into anything, can't scare people out of getting divorced, then the government's no chance. Like, don't forget, if you get divorced and you're a Catholic, you're going to hell, baby. It's a sin. And even they can't stop it happening. What we're saying right now is starting to get a lot of people are give, giving their own opinion right now. So I, I, I just want to say it was a uh, just a hypothetical, okay? You don't need to look for me. I am a nice guy. And he didn't mean fucking the children. He meant <laughs> fucking the children. <laughs> All right. If I use that clip to you, you're in trouble, mate. Um, no, but that's uh, my, my point still valid. And maybe like religion has tried to scare people out of getting divorced for, for centuries. You're not allowed to do it, but they do. You know, right. marriage, marriage, Without under a church, a any religious sort of umbrella has decreased dramatically, it, like dramatically, to the fact it's only ca counts for twenty two percent of marriages at the moment. Yeah, but he, he, here's a line like Ma, 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 Marie Trigg just sent us. I think you have to remember what attracted you in the first place and find it again. Double D's. And children are concerned. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, it's just, he, he is not a, even joking. <laughs> should you, should you sit down and say, listen, if, if you took the, the the ugliest man and the Mo, and, and L McPherson and you put them both on a planet uh, on an island, they fall in love with each other eventually. So, no, do they fall in love or do they fall in lust? Because man, man big dogs got to eat, right? So there's. There's, there's levels to it. I don't disagree with Meg. Like, my ex and I tried. We went to the point where we knew we probably shouldn't be having a child together and we still had a child together. We tried. But I'm not saying you give up. That's what I worry about. That's what I was saying about the entitled generation that we're currently in. They're going to give up after 30 seconds. Right? The minute they get alone with each other and realise that someone snores or fucking who knows what, it's over. I'm not saying don't work on stuff, but the point yeah, is literally fucking who knows what. Or, or if, it, if it if it reaches a point, you've got to be mature enough and adult enough to realise that it's not working, and you've got to be able to go your separate ways. And does that mess the children up? Hundred percent. But I I thought I was doing the right thing at the time, and I, I let him stay with his mother because I figured a boy needs his mum. Um. No, 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 now you lie. It was probably like convenient to you. Like all kids always will go to mom because young boys are out there hunting new grounds, right? So uh, that, that's something else that we should talk one of these no, days. No, I could add 50% custody. I could add 50% custody, mate. But, uh, but you I, did. But I didn't think it was right. And then I went since trying to get it back, didn't. But the point is, you, you don't give up. I agree with Marie. You don't give up. You try and work. But that's not to the rest of your life you don't stay with someone for 50 years just for the kids you don't subserve yourself in belinda's case or not chase your dreams because that's the right thing to do who's saying it's the fucking right thing to do right for who yeah you to, know to, you're to, struggling yeah. you know you're struggling to, to respond to my retreat listen if the guy is rich 
or if the woman is rich, stay with them for 50 years, all right? And hope he dies first. Or she dies. And I, I think maybe that's something that you have a look at. I, I, I just don't know. I still... <laughs> I, 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 listen, isn't it true that some of us marry for, for money, for status? Isn't it yeah, true? That's why my wife married me. I can hear it. I can hear it on in the kitchen. So I'm just waiting for the response. Just wait for it. I mean, I, I have to say, I was hearing this fell over. No, hey? she's going to stab me. You watch domestic violence coming up. You, 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 and Chris represent the female side, and I, I just don't, I just don't see you doing too much. And I'm not saying you're a gold happiness. digger, but you ain't happiness messing with no bright nigga. Happiness is everything, and no, yes, money. I did try for a long time. I tried for a long time. I didn't. It wasn't an easy decision, but when it came to it, it was easy. There was no turning back. No. So turning did you back. stay for 16 years because he was rich? No, <laughs> definitely not. Is it, is it because he was a good lover? We were just good friends. Like we, like we really were on that same page. Um, we were good mates for that time. We were um, building together, and then. Yeah, just grew apart. I moved five, six hours from Sydney to be with him to follow another dream. I moved down to Jindabyne. And I mean, after 12 months, I was still happy. He was unhappy with his career, this, that, everything. And I thought, what am I going to do? Move to overseas next time. You, you've got to find your own happiness. No, but uh, I'm just I just don't think you were committed. He's, 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 he's more for you to be happy. Maybe it was his time to be happy and you should move where he was. Yeah, and he is. He's still down there, so that's great. Oh, All right, what, what, what about people divorcing because the sex is not compatible? Do you know there's people who are very much, uh, if you have sex like uh, once a month is enough and there's people, if you don't have it three times a day, it's a problem. So in between, there's the rest of the world. Could you believe that uh, people get divorced because sex, uh, sexual appetite, or it's not compatible? Yes. Yes. Have you heard the three types of sex, Thomas? Have you heard about the three types of sex? No. What is that? When you first get married, apparently it's called house sex, where you have it like every day, different parts of the house. Mm -hmm. After five years, they say it's it, it turns into bedroom sex once or twice a week in the bedroom. And after 30 years, it turns into hallway sex where you pass each other once a week in the hallway and say, fuck you. <laughs> it does happen. So this is what we need to be asking, right? So do you think that women women actually get married uh, for money and status more than men do? Wow. I'm staying away from that. I'm just looking. I think, no, yeah, I think if you were to throw the hand grenade out there, I think if you were to take a vote, more women want the white picket fence than do men. Yeah, and, and I think and it's more because of, and it's because, it's because of that image, and it's because of that image of the white picket fence. I wouldn't have that metaphor to use if it didn't exist. All right, we have a, uh, someone very angry because straight away it was one word. Linda Craig just said no. Okay, Linda, I apologize. I was. I was just reading Cam's mind and I was just <laughs> reading the question on his behalf. I feel like Thomas hasn't been happy with my performance the last couple of weeks because he's, he's chosen to take a few bullets that I normally would have took. Yeah, yeah. So. I, do, I know the, word, the last two things, since we've been discussing about men versus uh, women, I'm the only one like really going out there. Cam is 
You're scared. Yeah, but I'm speaking. No, I always just speak my truth. And on this one, my truth. Right? <laughs> you know what? We go. We go back to the time of you know the caveman that. The, the, they find a partner that would protect them and, uh, su- you know, support, you know, supply them with food and shelter and so forth. And on the flip side, the male will look for someone who can bear children and create a, a, a nest, for want of a better word. Fast forward, you know, a couple of thousand years, what's any difference? Where, you know, the women are looking for someone who can support and protect them, whether it's financially or within a... Uh, the way, way they look or the perception of the society sees them and the man, a bit of the other same side, you know, ego and are they going to be able to bear children and, you know, look after me. Yeah, but the question so was about sex. Far, the question was far from our, our intrinsic sort of basic needs. Pretty sure, caveman, into... pretty sure caveman always wants to fuck, mate. Bunga bunga. <laughs> You call it the same thing. Yeah, but that's, it goes both, you know, it's always, and again, it's a stigma and it's a metaphor and it's a story that everyone tells. And there's so many jokes about a sexless marriage, right? There wouldn't be jokes about it if it wasn't a common thing. And I guarantee you when you first met and you first snuck up to the car park or hid behind the tree and played hide the sausage that you didn't expect that you'd never get to play it again in your life in some cases like you hear some horrible things 10 years that you know years and years and years without any loving and that's a basic human instinct we're meant to be one of only two species on the planet that are monogamous how do you be monogamous if you can't do what you're that's a different subject that's it. now can i just ask you maybe another question about the divorce back in the old days uh because usually there's always uh, children in a family and one of the reason is that you, you want children not only because it's a biological need uh, or, or drive but also because you know in there's no superannuation in the old days so you want a big family to look after you right so women tend to stay home and look after the kids men would go out there and because they go out there they've got more temptation more things that happen and usually they're the one instigating a lot of divorces but because of social media these days and how easy it is for women to also have access to uh, marital issues outside, the, you know, uh, is it, do you think that now that the incidence of maybe divorce could be on the increase where it's the woman walking out of the marriage? It usually is to start with. It's always a woman uh, walking out of the Statistics show it's, it's 22%. Uh, 22, um, I think it's about 22% the, the woman and uh, less, it's like 18% the men. The women instigate at majority of the time. No, 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 hold on, hold on. But that insti- only equals 40%, percent What about yeah, the other six? So it, I'm, I'm reading the wrong stats. I've got no, there. another reason why you don't drink red wine. Hey? <laughs> you get a divorce because. Moscato's winning. I don't care what you're saying. Moscato's winning this week. Sorry, Thomas. No, no. So I said instigating the divorce, it's one thing. It's like, you know, if, if uh, a, a woman finds out that, you know, her husband's been having an 18 months, uh, what is it, extramarital affairs, I understand she wants to walk out. I'm talking about, is it, could it be now on, on the, on the cards and on the increase that it is the woman through social media and these kind of portals that allows them to really go out there as soon as they are unhappy, to now be the cause for uh, more divorces. 
I don't think, I think all the talk we've done about social media and everything has proven one thing. We know for a fact that if you've got an issue, there's, you'll be able to find a group somewhere that supports your issue. <laughs> I don't know who Linda Craig is, but I really like her. I really like her. All right. She, she just answered my question. Bullshit. No, it's the man cheating. So what she said. <laughs> well done, Linda. So I'll just say it. Is it possible that there are actually more and more women cheating? Let's put it this way. Linda's asked a question. I believe that because of social media, more and more women are actually cheating. I think it happens just as often. I think that's 50% too. Okay, listen, I'm not we- sitting on a fence. I think, oh, I think forever and a day. Not for every, there's, I'm not sitting on a fence, mate. I'm saying, and the, the, Linda can think what Linda wants to think, but for every man I know that's cheated on a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, partner, I know a female who's done exactly the same thing. So I don't think it's a new thing. I don't think it's on the rise. I think we cop a bad rap. It's always us that are doing the cheating. Just like it's always us that are doing the domestic violence when we know full well guys are getting the shit beat out of them on a daily basis as well, but that never gets talked about. I think back to your social media question, I think anytime there's a gripe now, you're going to be able to find a group that supports it unless you're a man because you're not allowed to say that stuff as a man. So anytime someone doesn't wash a dish, there's going to be a group you can join on Facebook for women who hate men who don't wash dishes. And, of course, that's going to lead to more divorces and giving up earlier because you find a circle of people who are all thinking the same moronic thing and then you all band together and go, right, we're all leaving our husbands. Problem is the next husband doesn't wash the fucking dishes either. So then what do you do? (laughs) But you're getting paid a 1000 bucks a month or $2,000 a month or $5,000 a month in child support. You're getting all your benefits from the government. You don't care. You can find 10 husbands who don't wash their fucking dishes and you're laughing. Meanwhile, there's 10 blokes who have had their hearts torn out, spat all over, stood all on the ground, and they can't even say anything on Facebook because then he's a misogynist bastard, right? So does that answer Linda's question or? No, but it got John Black excited because he said it takes two to tango. Again, John, you're just sitting on the fence. We're trying to find out the polarity. Yes. Do you know, everything in life, John, is about uh, the ghost curves, which means the majority is always in the middle. So the majority of divorces is always the two of them. I'm just talking about, could it be that now with the novelties of social media and how women can get onto Facebook like at night and and see and open the window to the world? If they Tinder are- goes both ways, baby. Tinder goes both ways. It's not a male app. You know, the Probably. thing is, when, when someone's not happy in a marriage, it's simple, women or men. All it takes is someone to give them a little bit more attention, give them those few more compliments, and things start to go astray. Whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Tinder, whatever it may be, it's just a little little spark on the other side, and things go the wrong way. What but it this? goes, and that's a 50-50 way. Nah, he's being political. The Ashley Madison thing that came out a couple of years ago, that website that's made just for people who want to have an affair, it didn't only have blokes on it. Otherwise, it it wouldn't have been called Ashley Madison. It would have had a much different name. Uh, anyway, let's let's cut down with the subject and let, let's close with a few things. First of all, uh, congratulations, you boys. The three of us have actually committed 
to uh, losing weight. We started after our last podcast, people, and we uh, gave ourselves until the 31st of October um, to lose, what is it? Two. Two, two kilos. kilos. Okay, two kilos. All right. So, um, if, so, so far, we're doing well. We, we, uh, we all have lost. That wasn't the whole point of it, right? The whole point of it was we're going to do 10Ks by Christmas, yeah? No, 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 no. We said we're going to do 10Ks before Christmas. So, by Christmas. I, so, we broke it down. Into, we broke yeah. it down. We wanted to get off to a flying start. So, we said in the first week, we've got to drop two kilos. All right. So, those of you who want to lose a bit of weight, well, you can just join us. We, we are going to go for that. I am in, um, in talk with the boys and see if we should be setting like weekly targets between Cameron, Chris and I, and if Belinda wants to join, no problem. But we are going to set up a, a target. And if we do not meet the target, one of you in the audience will be coming out for dinner with the people who did not make targets. Uh, I, I was going to ask the boys about something we would do later on. Right now, we're going to... Uh, Look at the scoring of our wine. So, so far, I have not lost in this last round. Cameron has won one round out of the last three. Chris has won zero. Is it out of the last two? Last two. So, zero. So, I just want to give you now the score for this next one. Uh, Thomas scored 4.33 average. Ah, fucking bullshit. Cam scored... And I'm reading it the way it is. So Cam scored 4.2 average on his wine. That's not bad. So, and Chris scored 4.3. But it's disqualified because it's the same wine we drank last week. Wasn't it's the same week? wine as last week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a 4.5 and I'm going to bring it every week. Every week I'm going to bring the, the same 4.5. Who the fuck makes me? these rules? It's, mate, this is rubbish. It's worse than Queensland's lockdown rules. <laughs> We're just fucking making it up as we go. You can't. No, listen. I'm having a serious... Uh, uh, Belinda, we got someone who's completely independent here. We drank the same wine last week. Where's the Jeff? Where's the bloody the Jeff? Who's, who's voting? I don't know how this no, works. There's an app called Vivino, which we get the scores off, right? And whoever yeah. gets the highest score wins. So Chris, because he got punished last week, had to buy us all a bottle of wine, so he bought us all a 4.3. We drank it on the very same podcast last week. Chris even introduced the fucking wine, and now he's claiming it as his wine. You can't do that. Okay. You have written in the rules. Explain the rules. Let's have a look at what our, our audience is going to say. Let's, let's see. If they say who... Can you just write down very quickly, is it Cam who's won or is it Chris? We, we need to know so we can make it impartially. And uh, Belinda, Can't have the same one two weeks in a row. That's ridiculous. Who, who, has he broken the rule? Should he? Should Chris win? Or should Cam win? All right, Crystal, I won't tell you her surname, all right? It, I only tell you the initial, but it's Crystal Wilson who said that absolutely no way that... That can't win. All right. Chat Knight just said, just get all the team to vote. Crystal says, can. All right. Crystal just said, can. So we have one for can. Belinda, who do you think has won? I think the Moscato one. No. You are. You're not going to be able to do it if you don't pick a side. Chris, 
Chris win. How Chris. can Chris win? It's the same one as last week. I love Ellie. Ellie goes, Cam so I can keep my job. <laughs> Two for Cam. I don't care how I get them, baby. <laughs> so there's two for games so far. What do you reckon, Belinda? Go on, hurry up because it's keep on coming. Oh, you can't I ask Linda. She's going to hate me for what oh, I said earlier. Ellie's only voting so she can keep you keep a job. Mate, you said. used the Linda same one as last week. You didn't even try. Oh, there was no effort whatsoever. No effort. Six weeks later. No effort whatsoever. There was a lot of effort. What, mate? 4.2 last weekend, so I didn't waste my didn't even try. Didn't even try. Which goes to the integrity of the whole game, mate. We're there to do our best. One may, one may say that because of his punishment, he sent us a 4.3 bottle and he drank it with us. And I did was- the same thing, but I didn't use it to fucking win points, did I? Okay, Eleni says it's Chris. You're a goose, Eleni. Get off the page. Didn't we already bar you? You were already barred. <laughs> That's a Moscato drink you're saying that Chris won. It's too all. Hey, Chad. Chad Knight, remember who your business partner is. Right, Chad Knight. Oh. Everyone should vote. Uh, Chad Knight's on the fence. Mate, Chad Knight's always a. Uh, oh, man. that's where Belinda gets it from. I learned it from you, Chris. This is ridiculous. If last week's wine wins this week, there's a problem. Listen, Crystal just got her your daughter, who's two, and your son, who's three, to vote for that. I mean, that can't be, all right? So that's wrong. Yeah, why can't that be? Oh, but we can run secondhand wine. Uh, Crystal, we can't have children involved in, in, in such a highly adult uh, place here. Right? This this is uh, coming second to Tinder. Luang, you haven't had a vote yet. Wait, I, I uh, 4.33, brother. So. Yeah, but you haven't voted. Who wins? You, mate, you're the one who makes the worst rules ever. You just invent the rules all I, of a sudden yeah. and you're letting this slide. One of you going to say that's wrong. That's why I took myself out to make You're it- a pussy. You're a pussy. Yeah. And listen, my, the, the person that I was competing against this week was Megan, and she's gone. It is you, man. Hey. So who who else has voted? Hold on. So so are we two and two? Is it? Yes. Oh, well, I'm I'm waiting for one more, one more vote. Once I get that. Vote, Where's the Jeff? He loves me. Okay, let's call the Jeff. <laughs> you're gone, mate. If it's the Jeff, you're gone. <laughs> I'm going to call the Jeff. Bloody, where's the, where's Jeff? Uh, where's the Jeff? Linda, who? What are you even thinking? <laughs> the same like wine as last there. week. The idea is we bring a different wine every week. Hang that on. was the so whole premise. The, actual, the whole premise. The judge. We've got the judge on the line. That's all right. I'm gonna get the Jeff. Adjudicates, and she said oh, last hey. week was no competition. Hey, hi, good evening. How, how you doing, the Jeff? Yeah, we got Jeff. We got Jeff. Very good. All right, listen. Couldn't join. Yeah, well, you made it. It was such a heated um, debate. Heated debate. We, we didn't want to do this, but we have an issue right now with the wine. So I just want to pass you on to Cam and Chris because they're going to have to explain. Did, did you hear about the point, or, or do you need it to be repeated? I'll just, I'll just picked it up in the last um, thirty minutes. Oh, okay, so you heard it. So can you just pick a winning wine between Chris and Cam this week? Well. 
ferment. You know, this is really bad. But um, I love the wine that Chris drinks, but it is twice. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's really bad. That's really bad, Chris. So just to be clear, who are you going for, Jeff? Who won? Who won? Cam. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Fuck you, Denola! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Can't have the same wine twice, Jeff. You're an absolute legend. I take back everything I've ever said about you. Uh, until next week. Yeah, I... Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you said Moscato, really? Yeah, beautiful. Especially on a 30 degree day. Perfect. So, just to be clear, Thomas won, Cam came second, Danola, you lost, and next week you're on the chopping block. <laughs> what do you mean? I lost or lost? I owe you a bottle, mate. Yeah, he, he lost a lot now. He, oh, you're gone again. Well, maybe you can buy us the same bottle. Maybe yeah, buy us buy us the yeah, same yeah, bottle, yeah, Chris. I wasn't here to compete. So Get us the same bottle, mate. You know what? <laughs> oh, that's one for the big dog. I'm taking that. <laughs> next, next bottle delivery is a ten dollar Dan Murphy special. You know, yeah, listen, the- I told you the, the, if there's one thing about the jet, he's always impartial. You see, it? he's. Always- Didn't believe it until just then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Happy years. Look how happy he is. Look like he just won the Mate. lottery. Oh, you don't understand. I turn up every week and have you people just tread me into the ground and just stomp on my soul. But every now and again, the little fella gets when Every now and again, a cat walks across in front of you and you just got to give it a pat. Little fella. You know, little fella. Every now and again, you just got to pat the cat that walks across in front of you and remember life's not that bad. Mm. Oh, that's sensational. Anyway, it's been great having uh, Belinda with us. Uh, I, I get it. For her first time with us, it's good because seriously, we we season warriors. I mean, we salespeople who actually get onto a podcast and try and do certain things. Yeah, and uh, for your first time, I, I think it's not bad, isn't it? Uh, is it a yes for us guys? She's good because we. I'm, I'm halfway, like all her opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you so much for this week. We're going to have to talk about next week. Have you thought already about subject? Maybe one of you have got a subject already. Listen, I've had a couple of requests during the week, and it's just funny because none of the people know each other, but I've had multiple requests for the talk of voluntary euthanasia. Yeah, that's a good one. Voluntary euthanasia. So you got our new Premier who's dead against it, wherever the rest know. of the country seems to be going for it. And I've had... Uh-huh. A couple of private messages and a couple of conversations, and it must be a coincidence, but it's come up. So I don't, I don't know what's wrong with the young people in China. <laughs> They're volunteering. <laughs> you get it? Oh, well, listen, I, I have no problem with seppuku. I mean, the Japanese kamikaze and all these kind of guys. So, all right, we, we, we can have a look, but maybe we, we, we'll see. Well, maybe our audience can tell us voluntary euthanasia. Well, that was Marie Trigg requested that. Wendy Wilson requested that. We've had a couple of requests. So. All right. Uh, we, we'll see how, how our, uh, our Facebook is going to go. If it goes off on that, well, then uh, we will go for that. All right. Until then, thank you so much, people. It was just amazing. 
Chris, I'm very sorry. You lost another bottle. Talk soon. Welcome, Belinda. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.